Welcome, revolutionary lovers. I am Natalie. I'm the digital minister here at Middle. Thank you so much for joining us. Just a few announcements before we get started. Uh, one, if you want to dance your way from stuckness into freedom, you can do that on the 27th with Sacred Walker at 7 p.m. Also, May 3rd is Communion Sunday, and we want to break the same bread with you. So we are baking Easter bread together. That's the one that's got like the little um, Easter egg nestled into the braids, or not, it's up to you. There's a recipe on our website. Um, you can use that one, find your own. But if you decide to do it, will you post and tag us? We would love to see it. And on May 3rd, we will break bread together on our knees or at our kitchen table or on our couch or wherever it is that you're doing communion right now. <laughs> um, on the 16th, we have our online retreat from isolation to connection. And on May 19th, we will start our um, online book study of Howard Thurman's Jesus and the Disinherited. All of this information, along with your favorite middle programming, is available on our website. And for those of you who are joining us from the conference, we hope that you've had a spirit-filled and curiosity-peaking and inspiring time, and we can't wait to dig into the rest of it with you. Um, let us take a deep breath. and we'll worship God together. Thank you, Titus, for taking us into service. Some things should never change. I know change is the only constant, but I need some things to stay the same. The world is moving so fast, but one thing I can always count on is middle. I can always count on middle and how middle puts its money where its mouth is. It takes it to the streets. Middle is about love. Middle loves its community. Middle loves its congregation. Middle loves people. And I think God loves middle for that. And as Jackie always says, those people who live inside love, love God. So middle, I think this song is fitting. Love is here today.
Gibraltar may tumble.
Hi, good morning. Now it's time for the message for all ages. A time for everybody, but especially a time if you are a young person sitting at home watching. So if you are, scoot on up to the television or computer or phone or iPad. We have a special message for you. My name is Pastor Amanda. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm here with some of my kids. Who am I here with today? My name is Skylar. And, and who and, are you? And I hope you had a good Easter. Oh, thank you, Skylar. And who are you? I'm Levi. And Levi's here today. And I really wanted them to be here with us today because while I was working last week, I noticed that they were playing so well on their own, using their imagination, and they created something. Thank God. Do you all remember what you created last week that was a, so awesome? A fort. A fort. They used chairs and blankets and pillows, and even I think our soccer goal got brought out, and they created this awesome fort with secret passageways and passwords and tunnels and all this cool stuff. You even started playing Odd Squad at some point, right? Yeah. Odd Squad is a really good educational video, caretakers at home. But I started thinking, I wonder what they thought about where God's love was in that fort. Did you all think about that, where God's love was in the fort? Did you think about that at all? Yes, and I know where it is. You know where it is? Where? It's inside our fort and on the edges and on the top of our fort, all around number four. Oh, I think maybe somebody was listening to me practice this this morning. But that's exactly right. God's love is everywhere in and around and on top of that fort. Even though sometimes we try to create blockways and we need passwords and hurdles, it's a good reminder to us that God's love cannot be stopped, that God's love is absolutely everywhere. And in fact, when we use our imagination, Levi, to create cool things and Skylar, like forts, God loves that. God loves when we use our creativity. That is a space where God dwells. God's love shows up in surprising ways when we are creative. And so this week, friends at home, whether it's during morning meeting on Zoom school, or it's with a little clicker that you have in your hand, or a conversation that you have with a loved one, or a book that you read, I want you to be thinking, where is God's love right now? Is God's love here? What's God's love doing? What does God's love look like? And I want you to remember that no matter what, God's love is there. Have a great week, everybody. Do you want to say bye? Bye! We are
we can, we can build a beautiful city, not a city of angels, but we can build a city of man. When your faith is all but shattered, when your hope is all but killed, we can give up bitter and battered, or we can finally start to build a beautiful city. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can build a beautiful city, not a city of angels, but finally a city Today's scripture lesson is from 1 John 4, verse 16. It is a singular message from a single verse. God is love. Those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God, and God lives in us. God is love, and those who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you say a word of prayer with me, please? You can keep your eyes open. I'm going to. God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. Please I ask God that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I love the text that Calissa read for you. It's so short. It's so powerful. God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. God is love and those who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Awesomeness. And that text is smack dab in the middle of a longer pericope. Sometimes I don't really want to preach the whole thing because it's got a couple of problems in it. But let me read it to you anyway. Listen to this. This is from verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice. Foreshadowing, that's my problem. To be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. 
No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and God's love is perfected in us. And then God is love. Those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Okay, okay. This is this is this beautiful text. And sometimes we don't want to address the whole thing because the context for this is the early church. It's called the Johannine community, the John community. They are new Christians. They are also still a part of the temple. They are figuring out what it means to be Jewish, what it means to be Christian, which is sometimes when you read John's gospel, the fourth gospel, or you read these letters, it might sound anti-Semitic, but what it is is anti-each other. It's identity politics. It's who are we and who are we trying to be in this community that valued love so much. But listen to the polemic. Listen to the argument. Let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. This is deeply Hebrew scripture, a commandment to love one another, to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. The sense of really love and community is the way holiness happens. Love comes from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But if you don't love, then you don't know God for God is love. Imagine that being said in a conflicted situation. Imagine that being said, for example, in a time of scarce resources. Imagine that being said in a time of conflict. Everybody who knows God does love, and everyone who doesn't do love doesn't know God. It's kind of a, a, a proof texting. This is how we know that God is a part of us, is that we love one another. God's love is revealed in this way. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. Okay, yep, sent the only son in the world so we might live through him. But in this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us enough to send his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, when I was a young Christian, everything that the Bible said was exactly right, exactly right. And so Jesus was sent to die. Jesus was sent in the world to die, to be the atoning or the at oneing sacrifice. So I'm a big girl and I'm a womanist girl. And I don't imagine there being a God who has a child that he or she plans to kill when they grow up. I don't think that's what this means. I think God must have known because God knows the things that the love of Jesus, the rabbi Jesus's love would be in conflict with the hatred and power and dominion of the Roman Empire and that the conflict would lead to death. But I don't believe God planned to grow up a child and kill a child. I don't. So I almost didn't read this part because I think... I have to explain it. So I'm gonna explain it this way. I think the thing that makes us at one, I think the things that atones at ones, I think the thing that makes us whole again, that puts us back together again, is love. I think that this text, and I think Jesus's life is proof text, that love is the tie that binds. And this is love. God sacrificed and sent his son into the world to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, which is to say that Jesus loved us enough to not resist, loved us enough to let himself be killed. But I don't believe it was a big design, grand design of God to have this death happen. We can talk more about that another time, perhaps next Good Friday. But here's what I'm trying to get at today. No one has ever seen God, the last verse in this paragraph. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and God's love is perfected in us. 
the writer is making the point that there is no love that we have for God that isn't proven in our love for one another. Love has been perfected among us in this, it says, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so we are in the world. What makes us right with God is to imitate Christ. And you can imitate Christ if you're a Buddhist. You can imitate Jesus if you're an atheist. You can imitate the loving power of God enfleshed in that body, no matter whether you believe in God or not. You can love your neighbor as yourself. Imitating the rabbi Jesus means loving people enough to feed them and loving people enough to heal them and loving people enough to clothe them. It means loving outside of the bounds. It means loving women, talking to women, letting women lead in a culture when they weren't supposed to. It means loving children, foregrounding children in a culture where children were little more than slaves. It means kicking it with the outsiders, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the, the ne'er-do-wells. It means touching lepers and blind ones. It means telling a story about love in which a Samaritan, an outsider, rescues a stranger who is unclean because he's bleeding. And Jesus makes that a hero. The outsider is the hero. Imitating Jesus means loving each other in the way that we ourselves want to be loved. Love has been perfected among us. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We love because we're first loved by God. And this is the kicker, my people. Those who say, I love God, but hate their brothers and sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. That's 1 John, that's chapter four, that's verse 20. If you say, I love God, but you hate your brothers and sisters, you're just telling a lie. Which is to say, if you say, I love God, and I'm closing the borders against the people who need to get in here and flee from their lives of oppression, if you say, I love God, but I'm going to pay unfair wages to workers and wince on my commitments to them. If you say, I love God, but I'm going to grab women by their crotch. If you say, I love God, but what you're really doing is putting money only in the coffers of the ultra rich and making sure that everybody else stays poor. If you say, I love God, and you incite racial incidents, you are a liar. To love God is to love the people you can see. To love the people struggling with COVID-19 who can't get tests. To love the people who don't have jobs, who are being laid off. To love the people who need the money to flow to them, not to the wealthy corporations. To love the first responders and the essential workers who are mostly women to love the people who need to vote, want to vote, and exercise their right to vote, and you set up hurdles and shut down voting places and pretend that there's enough fraud to justify it. To love the people is to get the folks out of detention centers, to love the people. 
is to make sure that people can be released from jail who've done petty crimes, who are gonna die of a death sentence because they're gonna die of COVID in the jail. To love the people is to lead with truth and compassion and justice. Otherwise, you're just a big old fat liar. I'm not trying to convince you to believe, friends, in the story of Jesus's divine birth. I'm not trying to get you to convert to Christianity. I'm trying to get you to honor the model of a life well-lived, of a rabbi who lived a life of love, whose life is exemplary for all of us. And I'm trying to get you to dig into this little book in the kind of back end of the Bible and listen to this text that feels to me ubiquitous and across religions. There is no love of a deity that is more important than the love of the creatures the deity created. And this text, the text that Calissa read, said God is love. Everybody who lives in love lives in God, and God lives in them. God is love, and everybody who lives inside love lives in God, and God lives in them. All the Jewish people of the day would have heard echoes of the stories of what it meant to be a, a wandering people, a people who packed up their belongings and left Egypt and went off to the land of promise, and who along the way made tents and who along the way found God in the meeting tent, who believed that God came down out of the cloud and hung out near the meeting tent so they could pray and touch the glory of God, be near the glory of God. They would have remembered the stories of their ancestors when there was no temple, believing that God was in the presence of the ark and they carried the ark across the desert with them. They believed that God could be enclosed in a space where they could find God even as they also believed that the breath of God, the spirit of God was all over the place. They would have felt comfortable and understood the word tabernacle. And this writer, this writer of John says, those who live in God, those who tabernacle in God, those who take up permanent residence in God, God takes up residence in them. And God is love. So each of us, each of us is a container, a tent, a tabernacle, a vessel for the love of God. What would happen? What would be the revolution if we all treated each other as though the divine was inside each of us? What, what would happen if we treated each other as though the divine was housed inside of us? That's the kind of love, that's the kind of love that makes people stand up for each other when there's a, when there's a, crisis makes people run into the building when the towers are falling down at 9-11. It makes people wade into fed, to the fetid waters when there's a flood. It makes people lock arms and march across the Pettus Memorial Bridge once again, even though they know they're going to get bloodied and beaten. It's the kind of love that makes my friend Jeff Mummert a very comfortable executive type person at a very comfortable company, who's gay, who's out, never been homeless, never slept on the street, but his heart for homeless queer teens is huge. He's the treasurer of a company, an organization called New Alternatives that makes social services happen for um, queer teens, 16 to 30 young adults. They get a hot meal on Sundays, 50 kids, 
But when COVID came and the program had to shut down, those volunteers, those leaders upped their ante from 50 meals on a Sunday to 50 takeout meals every day of the week. And they did it because they knew it was right. And they did it because those kids are their kids, even though they're not biologically connected. And they did it because those queer kids and the big love of their hearts are the houses where God lives as well. That's why they did it. That's why they did it. Friends, if we're gonna have a love revolution, we've gotta look for God in each other and love the God in each other as we want to be loved ourselves. We've gotta stand up for bills that will make sure that everybody is rescued from this pandemic, that we land on our feet. We can't stick the money in the corporations and act like it's gonna trickle down. We've gotta save our post office. We've gotta write letters to our uh, electeds and we've gotta tell them, hey, we need you to do something about this. We've gotta buy postage stamps so we keep the post office alive and well. We've gotta hang in there together. We've gotta love our neighbors. We've gotta knock on their doors and say, I'm here. Do you need something? Can I do something for you? We've gotta do what we know is the right thing, not the easy thing. Don't you want a love revolution? Don't you want America to keep its promise of democracy and freedom? Don't you want, as the prophets would say, justice to roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream? I want the revolution. I'm not trying to go back to the past. I don't want things to go back to so-called normal because normal kind of stunk. Normal was about entrenched dissonance in our nation. Normal was, normal was about systems of oppression. Normal is about people don't have health care and food on the table. Normal is about injustice. Normal is about white supremacy masquerading as Christianity. That's not normal. I want goodness and love and peace. I want inextricable human bodies making the world good for all of us. I want everybody's children to be safe and okay. And I want you and I to collaborate to build a more just society. This is what love looks like. This is what revolutionary love looks like. This is what the fiercest love looks like. And it binds us together in cords that can't be broken so we can heal our own souls and heal the world. We can do this and we can do it together. May it be so. Good morning, Middle Family. My name is Darren Johnston. As many of you may know, I am an elder here at Middle. I'm also the chair of our consistory. And like many of you, I am sitting here in my pajamas, listening to this beautiful service, listening to these, this beautiful virtual streaming service that the middle staff have turned on a dime. You know, they're used to per putting together incredible worship at middle. When you go to 2nd Avenue and 7th Street, you know what you are getting. And that team turned around on a dime and started making these beautiful virtual services happen when we could no longer gather together. 
I am so grateful for it. And I am especially grateful for it in this time, in this pandemic time, in this COVID-19 season, when we so often find ourselves asking, where is the love? Because when we ask that question, that deeply isolated question, we know that one of the answers is that love is at Middle Collegiate Church, and that does not mean 2nd Avenue and 7th Street, beautiful as our building is, and necessary as it is. That means each of you. That means the text messages that we send each other. That means this service that we've just been watching on Facebook and YouTube and on Middle's website. That means the small groups that meet via Zoom. That means when we call each other, hey, how you holding up? Actually laughing out loud instead of just texting laugh out loud. This middle community, that's where love is. The staff and the programming that make this streaming service, that make all the programming we engage with virtually, still happen. Even in this season, that's where love is. So I thank you all for being here today. And I thank you for all the ways that you've supported Middle over the years. And I ask you now, even in this uncertain moment, if your heart is getting filled, if you are finding love through this programming, through this community, through these virtual streaming services, I'm asking you to support Middle. And there are several ways you can support Middle. Let me put my glasses on to walk you through them because I am vain and had my glasses off. You can sign up to be a member. It is so helpful to us if you sign up to become a member at Middle Collegiate Church. I kid you not, just go to the middlechurch.org Hit the sign up button, become a member. If you liked it, you should put a ring on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, donating. The staff that is working more than ever to put these virtual services together, that is putting together this programming that we're finding deep meaning in, that staffing, that programming, all of that still costs money even though we're not in our building. And there's a few ways, and I have to say, every single gift matters. Every single gift. Uh, and the Three ways that you can give, easy peasy, are to go to Middle's website, middlechurch.org, and click the donate button. That's one way. Second way, find Middle Collegiate Church on Facebook, click that donate button. Boom. Done. And then last but certainly not least, you can make a gift via text message. And all you have to do is you text the amount, you know, a little dollar sign and however many dollars you happen to be able to give in this beautiful giving way and give that to 917-924-4666. Again, that is 917-924-4666. Middle needs you to empower this love and this justice that we have gotten to experience in community these last few scary weeks. I thank you for all the support you've given thus far. I thank you for all that you will give. It's a verb, not a word To abuse and take lightly Sort of said 
Consider how you love. Hola, soy Edna Benítez. Y por en medio de la Iglesia de Mero, estamos agradecidos por sus generosas ofrendas y asistencias. Oremos. Le pedimos a Dios que ayude a reconocer que el amor existe. Está en cada respiración que tomamos. En la sonrisa. En la mirada llena de inspiración. En el sonido de niño jugando. Y siempre en la presencia de su gran poder. Dios, ayúdanos a disfrutar de todo lo bueno que existe mientras podemos y tenemos la fuerza de seguir. Aunque la vida a veces tiene una manera divertida de enseñar esa lección, especialmente en el clima de hoy, el tiempo de inquietud, de inseguridad, 
Dios siga guiándonos por un camino de justicia y fe. Allí también encontraremos el verdadero amor y la paz. Bendiciones a todos ustedes y un fuerte abrazo. Amén. receive this benediction. Let our love be revolutionary. Our love is revolutionary when we love the other as much as we love ourselves. Our love is revolutionary when we want for the other what we want for ourselves. 
Our love is revolutionary. When we create a world in which each of us has enough, when each of us has housing and healthcare and food enough and clothing enough and joy enough, our love is revolutionary when we treat the other as though God lives inside them because that's where the love is, baby, right inside of each of us. Amen.